The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. This is Toby Manhoe. We're back with God by Lunchtime. Special thanks to Flick Electric who make this podcast and all of our politics coverage on the spin-off possible. We'll click through from any politics post on the spin-off and see what a sweet deal you can get from Flick Electric. Thanks, Flick. Annabelle Lee is here with a wonderful cup of tea. Annabelle Lee Mather. Kia ora. Kia ora. You have made a spectacular cup of tea, Toby, I have to say. Ben Thomas is there with a cup of coffee. How's that suiting you so far, Ben? Good, good to be back in the big smoke. Ben's been this, away too. With this, with this, with this Auckland style, was this? Is this an espresso? Or is this similar? Is it similar? It's a, it's a come out of one of those big things that you press down and it makes slightly flatulent noises as it puts the coffee into the mug. Oh, oh right. Never, okay. never even heard of one of those. You've been. How have you been making your coffee <laughs> in the bush? Ben? And, a, uh, and a billy, eh? <laughs> on the yeah, fire. Yeah. That's right. While yeah. singing a song. Yeah. Yeah. Learned, learned how to make fires the Tuhoi way, or the Waikato Moana way. How's, how? How's that? Kind of, well, you sort of put logs on either side, mm. and then you stuff the middle with paper, and then you put the kindling as kind of thatched roof oh. over the top. Mm. So, so, so as in kind of meeting... An apex at the top? No, or it's flat, flat, like it's a barbecue. Flat, flat, it's not an A-frame. I wonder if that's a very good... I mean, I'm not... I mean, I wouldn't want to question... I'm not even, like, entering into this. Get into any trouble. But uh, what have you been doing, man? Just just enjoying the bush, seeing a lot of trees, a lot of birds. Uh, is this... What are you doing there? Can you tell us? Just just hanging out with my friends at Tuhoi. You're working... Doing on, a bit of work. You sort of on yeah. secondment type thing. Having yeah. a good time. Have you seen a huia? There's rumours that there's huia in Te Uri Wera. You know that, eh? Yeah, I haven't seen... I've seen a lot of delicious kereru. Oh, yes. Mm. I am a fur... I, I, look, I believe in the mission of caring for nature, which uh, Tuhoi, you know, have, you know, for their whenua, mm-hmm. Te Wera, from mm. whence they came, the children of the mist. Mm. Um, but I, I have a, a broader conservation ambit now in my life, which is I feel like maybe if, if we protected the the noble kereru to the extent that they were they flourished again in mm. New Zealand treetops and nature. Maybe we could all just have one each a year. Uh-huh. Mm. Just, yeah. you know? Yep, yep, yep. I totally hear you. How many I hear what, I hear what you're saying. kereru have you barbecued on that Uruwe fire? No, I look, I'm, I'm, I'm a law respecter. 
I respect our tuakana, the kereru. Um, but maybe if maybe if it was just fine, maybe we could all just have one. I've heard and that. And if you didn't want yours, maybe I could have that one as well. <laughs> The um, it's the Kiriru, like it's got an interesting place in Tao Māori. I feel like mm, the old you know, illegal tegel. The, 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 the yeah, it's, it's like it's the Māori honey trap. Mm. You know when <laughs> so when, when Sunny Toe, oh R.I.P. Sunny Toe. Um, he's not he's not dead. But Sunny he's Toe, who has resigned yeah. from the uh, Napuhi. Uh, Napu Runanga in Tauranuku. He was busted a while ago with what was it, two or three kereru mm. on a flight back from Invercargill. Now, I mean, shot in the South Island where Ngaitahu have a policy of like total protection of their kereru. Except the thing is, right, you know, you've been on domestic flights, you know, in regional airports. Mm. You can take a machete on board. They there's no security screening. Like, you could take knives, a gun, explosives. So, and yet, there was a, a tip-off that Sonny had these three birds. And so, you know, this was this was a setup, right? <laughs> mm. Mm. Ben, are you now the mm. mayor of Uruera? Uh, no, uh, Tūruera crosses a couple of local districts, um, Whakatane, with Judy Turner, the former uh, United Future deputy leader, is now the mayor of uh, Whakatane, uh-huh. and a guy called Craig Little is still the mayor of Wairoa. Well, that's interesting. I don't. I didn't check whether Toy Iti Tame's son uh, got onto the Fakatane oh, district council. He had a good council. campaign. He was the one. Yeah, he's, he was the one encouraging people to his draw billboard with a cock and balls. Yeah, and he uh, used that, leveraged that even, he leveraged the cock and the balls to promote his own mm. uh, campaign for. Is that Toy Toy and Tame mm. both uh, both yeah. on the the council? Awesome. <laughs> I've always thought, wouldn't it be so cool? You know, when you go to those big. Um, signings for like memorandums of understandings or I've often said this to my husband who has signed quite a few huh. why don't just for fun just for fun draw a cock and balls <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've what, never been able is, to convince him no, no he's not into it right. but I'm just like it would just you know make it a really memorable special event yeah. it's like it's got more meaning do you that will come up in litigation at some point <laughs> you know there'll be like you know we're you know, an urgent application to the Waitangi Tribunal. They're like, look, bring 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 the crown into Imatau. This was, you know, you say it was full and final, but look on page eight, what's that? If it was Pania that got to draw a big <laughs> cock and ball, would it just be? Do you mean be sort special? of try and smuggle it in, or do you mean do it? No, just, just say, no, it, that's my just signature. There it, there it is. Like, there it is. There you go. There you go. That's how it works. Hmm. Okay. Um, what? Come at me. What? No, like it seems that. like I can't see like any that. issues. I can't see any issues there. That's a good idea. Hey, if you love the spin-off, the best way to show it is to become part of the spin-off members. It's fun that helps keep us free and accessible to all without a paywall, and it funds some of our most important and respected journalism. You can pay whatever you like, but for $8 a month, you'll receive a package including our first book and a tote bag, I think, if you're into that. But wait, there's more. For a very limited time, fans of Gone by Lunchtime can get a super limited edition button badge when they sign up using this special URL. Here it goes, thespinoff.co.nz slash gone by lunchtime. That's 
thespinoff.co.nz slash gone by lunchtime. In the local elections, uh, Peter Jackson had a heavy, heavy involvement um, uh, at Wellington. Uh, Justin Lester was the one of the few incumbents, I think, that got turfed by the finest of margins, a few hundred votes. Um, and Andy Foster, a sort of a man who's been around for many, many, many years. 27 years. Does that Wellington mean he's going to fuck up the it? council building as well? Uh, or we're going to get the horror that is fucking Auckland Airport, or Wellington Airport with all that Hobbit shit in it. Is that what he's going to do to like the council building? So we're going to have like... Peter Jackson isn't actually the mayor. I, mean, I but know, but like it, his it, influence... It would be terrible if he ruined those beautiful council buildings which right now stand across from the art gallery and the big giant hand with a face on it. What if this affects Wellington's reputation as the classy cultural capital of New Zealand? Oh, I quite like the hand. But we could definitely have that desolation of smog bird perched on top of the index finger or something. Yeah. That would I feel like just, that's what's going to happen. Just like, we're to workshop and we're coming and we're going we're we're to six up this hand now. Just do finger puppets or something designed by Richard, what's his name, Taylor. It might all end up in like Gandalf hats or something. Um, part of the mural robes. Uh, Andy Foster has formally stood for Parliament for the National Party, and then I think when he wasn't sleeping, he stood for the New Zealand First Party. He's, he's and, New Zealand First Aligned now. And he has uh, stood, I think, yeah, nine times, including for the mayor three times, and then it's Can't almost like... perseverance. So absolutely, course. just stick around. Mm. Stick around and mm. you never know. Mm. One day a perfect storm might happen insofar as there might be a massive squabble over uh, uh, a harbour front uh, development. Mm. There might be a man who owns most of a peninsula and suburb and who has previously been quite influential in changing the law of the country, makes mm. some movies, has some big train sets, has an air force, and he might throw his weight behind you. You might be his guy. And before you know it, you might be the mayor of Wellington. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And look, I've seen a lot of negative commentary about Peter Jackson's involvement here. Um, but look, in the lead up to the local government uh, elections, you know, the spin-off ran its uh, policy tool and devoted, you know, the talents of, what, about three or four people part-time trying to, right. to get up interest in local body politics. Yes. Mm. And now that Peter Jackson becomes interested, you know, suddenly that's a bad thing. I see. You know, he's I, I, yeah. just taking an interest. Just, you know, sit, sitting down with a 2B5 notebook to rank all the permutations for DHB <laughs> voting lists. Yeah. And also writing out a cheque for $36,000 to this hobbit-looking individual who's now the mayor. That's yeah. Peter, fine. P- Peter Jackson and, and, and Fran uh, Walsh. Walsh are the, the, the donors through various means. Not, not clear exactly how, but, you know, they haven't hidden it. and They've put some billboards up. And uh, Lester... Has also had the misfortune, I suppose you could say, of um, uh, it seems like taking a lot of the blame for the complete fucking omni-shambles of the Wellington buses, mm. which, of course, the Wellington City Council doesn't it's a run. Regional, it's a regional council yeah. thing. Although I sort of – he was on the radio uh, on Sunday. We're talking on Monday. He was on the radio on Sunday, and he was saying he decided not to make – if he'd wanted to, he could have – tried to point the finger at the regional council, um, but then they wouldn't have been good for building relationships. But I kind of think under the circumstances, perhaps 
a little bit of pointing the finger slash hollering at full volume at the regional <laughs> council to make it very clear that it's not his fault might have been see the thing is he's, the idea see the thing is Justin Lester's out of touch he's always um, he was always tweeting pictures of himself riding an Onzo bike around the the waterfront mm-hmm. um, when in fact all Wellingtonians and particularly all Wellingtonians who vote in local body elections take the bus mm. um, our Auckland listeners might might not realise this but Wellington is like this sort of bizarro world where, you know, when I moved up to Auckland, um, I would take the train to work, you know, from, from Wellington. And I, and I was one of about three people on the train wearing a suit and the other two people were other Wellingtonians who had come up to work in government relations in Auckland. Right. And we all knew each other. Right. Um, whereas, you know, down in Wellington, you know, it's, it's, it's totally ordinary to see chief executives yes. of government departments mm. or deputy secretaries of the civil service um, you know, on the number three to Karori or and, – and so, there, you know, the public transport you – can, you can effectively ignore public transport as a, a local body politician in Auckland mm-hmm. um, because these people don't vote. They, you know um, – but in, in Wellington, it's a big deal. You know, every, every, you know, journalists are tweeting about it. It's um, mm. yeah, it, it, it's much more of a catastrophe. Auckland's had terrible public transport for years, but nobody's ever noticed or paid any attention. Somewhat of a fuck up on Lester's part, right? Like you don't get any brownie points for for taking that approach. He's been punished for it. No, that's he right. He should and, have been and, screaming it from the hilltops. And he was involved in this, um, you know, this the secret letter. Mm, the the yeah. purloined letter from Julianne mm. Genta to, or from him to Julianne Genta, or no, twi- what was it? Julianne Genta to Julianne Genta to Phil Twyford. To Phil Twyford. I kind of feel as though that's possibly not the. I'm not saying it didn't make a difference mm. to the margins, but I think there are a couple, a couple of national MPs have been trying to make the case that this is what brought Lester down. And I no, it's not that issue of the cover up, but actually the, those priorities that were agreed with the government by Lester's own admission, uh, were not his first choice for transport priorities. Um, Again, Wellingtonians take all of this stuff very seriously, pay a lot more attention to it, I think, generally than Aucklanders, you know, long-term plans and things like that, um, because they're all public servants, right? They love reading reports. And so, (laughs) it's um, you you know, Lester has only got himself to blame. You know, Peter Jackson could, you know, could have ploughed 100 grand in or 150 grand. Lester has the advantage of incumbency, mm. name recognition, Labour volunteers, you know, carpeting the fucking city. And there, you shouldn't be able to dislodge an incumbent mayor like that. And $36,000 certainly isn't enough. So, um, you know, as, as is usually the case, Lester lost it rather than Foster winning. Yeah. I mean, I think there is probably something to be said, though, as well, that it's incumbency normally is an advantage when you're in a city that's got all these buildings that are closed for earthquake repairs. You've got an absolutely <laughs> yeah. fucked bus. And you've got a little bit of a just kind of slight, slight kind of, I don't know, just a slight kind of doldrums feel a bit about the town. Uh, then maybe that is not always uh, a huge advantage. Anyway, Andy Foster. Andy Foster. Uh, moving north in Auckland, Never give up on your dreams. Uh, Phil Goff <laughs> will not give up on his dreams, and that's about being a uh, dependable, <laughs> modest... Uh, you know, he's not going to frighten anyone. Um, but he did it quite easily in the end. Bells, he did more than more than double tummy mm, yeah. Did What did you make of... The whole campaign, it was kind of unusual, right? Um, yeah, I'm not surprised at all by the result. I, I thought that he would probably give 
tamihere, a good thumping. I, I think it was, you know, kind of, if you've followed um, Tamihere's career, it, it's pretty bog standard stuff, you know. He's quite um, a volatile character and I think that that came through during the campaign. Like, he's very reactive. It's very yeah. easy to, like... Um, distract him and, and, and pull him off message and he will totally take the bait every time so I'm not surprised at all. I think the thing that saddens me about the, the, the Auckland election is just how piss poor the voter turnout was and I, I reckon that just comes down to two things which is kaupapa and candidacy and you know neither of those candidates set the world on fire. You know there's there was no sort of super outstanding, interesting, exciting new candidates like we've seen in places like Wellington with, you know, the amazing Tamitha Paul. And um, if you want to know more about Tamitha, you can check out a, a story that the Hui did about her last year on the News Hub she's website. She's like early 20s. Yeah, she's amazing. Very cool. Yeah, a remarkable young wahine Māori who was on the... Um, the Vic um, Student Association, I think the first Māori woman, maybe the first Māori to to ever um, win that role. And um, she comes from Tokoro, she's whip smart, very cool. Um, and I don't think we've seen, you know, super exciting candidates coming through in Auckland and certainly not in the Meralty. You know, when Tom Sainsbury drinking Marque Vu and drag is the most exciting and logical option... We had Craig Lord, <laughs> Craig Lord, who, who, um, uh, if you haven't noticed, Craig Lord, he kind of was a, he's a quite uh, surprising, interesting, curious individual who spent a lot of time berating the media for not being taken more seriously with his harebrained ideas, but he ended up registering about as many votes as Chloe Swarbrick got mm. last time round. So, I mean, in a way, he's got a fair complaint because people did take. Tamahiri's harebrained schemes seriously mm. and report them at length. Mm. So, you know, the what, 40 laying the Harbour Bridge or 0800 well, Jacinda, whatever. Yeah. Um, the Harbour Bridge maybe wasn't, wasn't, wasn't as implausible as some people thought. But, but, but anyway, I mean, there's definitely a but kind But still, of, Tom's one was better because he was going to have 19 lanes instead right. of 18 lanes. Do, so do you there you go. I call a, a, you know, you talk about the poor quality of candidates in local government, and I think that's 100% correct. Mm. Um, I think the I, I I'm a long-standing uh, proponent of abolishing local government entirely and replacing it with a department of parks and sewage <laughs> run out of Wellington <laughs> with local branch offices to you know be respond yeah. to respond to communities. Yeah, um, be- because you see these these races are fought on such a narrow uh, bandwidth. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody says I'm going to cut rates, and somebody says I, the, their competition says I'm going to cut the rate of increase of rates. And, you know, yes. and, and really what you're arguing about is the narcissism of small differences of 0.5% of rate increases per year. Yeah. And somebody says they'll, inv- you know, what was it? Uh, between Tamahiri and Goth, uh, Tamahiri said he'd, he'd bring the, he, the Crown controlled organisation, the Council controlled organisations to heal. And Goth said he would order a review of them. I mean, you know, it's just all of this incremental tinkering stuff mm. because of the way that it's set up. You know, the mayor and Auckland is still only one vote. They have about four staffers, um, you know, so as, as as part of the super city, it's very hard for them to force their own agenda through not just the council, but then the Auckland, you know, the, you know, the council, the governing body, but then the actual organisation of the council, which is run by a chief executive and actually can largely set its own agenda. 
Um, and so, so, you know, you can see why people sort of aren't inspired, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know in, in, in these areas. But yeah. the, the other thing that we need to look at is the quality of joke candidates in our elections right. um, because they're piss poor. They're not funny. Um, Tom Sainsbury, you know, he's a funny guy, does good videos for the spinoff. Um, but putting on a wig and saying his name's Muriel or whatever and vote for me, I mean, like, don't waste everyone's time, man. Like, go go, go back to, you know, spill it. Like, find out what really happened with, you know, Jacinda and Trump at the uh, <laughs> the last, <laughs> the UN, you know? Like, tell us that. Like, that's what I want to hear. You know, a bit more Vodafone Music Awards fucking gossip. Like... But you know, there's also the fact that with the, the, there's, there's such a mishmash of different types of systems and STV in some places and not in others. And you know, in, in Auckland, for example, we were asked to rank the, uh, the candidates for the district health yeah, board yeah. From, from one to twenty-seven. I like that. that. Yeah, yeah. I really like the single transferable vote system. Such yeah. a because nerd I feel system, like, though. But I feel like you get to vote for what you actually want. I think one of the problems with MMP, and I've said it before, is people sort of overthink it and instead of voting for what they want they vote to keep out what they think mm. they don't want and the nice thing about STV is you can actually you know or, or vote in order Start of, of what you actually did I actually did vote in the uh, local body elections on Saturday afternoon with about 45 minutes left mm. just so that I could rank one of the candidates 27 Can I just stop you there it was noon that the polls shut so what did I say Saturday afternoon oh Saturday morning right it's all a blur oh, Okay. So I did. I did vote. Oh me? Well, I don't I'm know. I care about. I care about democracy. Well, fact checking our know. fucking podcast. I care about democracy. Despite I just want accuracy. Complete abolition of Facts. local government. Um, Truth. I I think um, I think it's you know in terms of the whole low voter turnout. Uh, not only is it just about you know quality of candidates. You know, selling a vision that's exciting but also achievable and you know, having the right co-papa. But I also think it's about media coverage and I think the spin-off did a, a really outstanding job on, you know, providing information in a way that was easy to consume and understandable and all of that sort of stuff. But I do think, you know, that is where we've... You know, the old, you know, local rags that we used to have back in the day. Mm. You know, it is... Um, I, I think you feel their loss during local body yeah. elections because kind of the day rolls up and you're like, hang on a minute, who are these? Yeah. And you're kind of rifling mm. through that pamphlet and you're trying to figure out who's who. And even that pamphlet, it's sort of not very clear about what their key oh, policies so are. It's well, a bit, I, mean, I feel like they need to be curated a bit because, you know, some of them are so touchy-feely, some, some of them are so left field. And someone else drew, drew attention to this, but um, in, the, in the, <coughs> the, the candidate's leaflet mm. uh, for Wellington, Andy Foster, who was elected mayor, leaps about three or four times back from first person to third person. Oh, I know, yeah. <laughs> Andy Foster out. is uh, a a committed citizen of Colburn. Yes, I am. I am. It's like, who's, what's going on? This is it was of, directed by Peter the, Jackson. It's a Smeagol <laughs> Golem yeah, thing, you yeah. know? It's a... It's a wow. Well, I hadn't thought of it like that, but now it clearly is um, The Hobbit Part 4. But uh, when, when, when the local body elections come around and Hamilton ends up looking like a way cooler place to live than, than Auckland, you're like... Fuck. Yeah. 
Look, that's probably enough. Did anyone else have anything else to say about local elections in Dunedin? Aaron Hawkins, who hitchhikes to work, came through. Can I just say the names of Aaron Hawkins? Great dude, great guy. Um, but I mean, Neil show, show, gets him for a third term. Shows a bit how STV works, right? In that he he you know was behind yes. uh, much of the way through. Um, but then in final preferences, uh, you know, won uh, by yes. a narrow margin. So what you get is that the most agreeable candidate will win rather than, or maybe the least disagreeable candidate yes, so will they, win. So the, the polarising you know, candidate is less likely, right? Yeah. That's, and and, that's you, and you can argue about the merits of that, yeah. Mm. Um, in fact, in, in Dunedin, uh, uh, Aaron Hawkins won because, I'm just trying to find this note that somebody sent me, they, he ended up getting the votes from a former golf pro who is strongly pro-oil exploration. <laughs> so uh, the votes from that uh, candidate ended up jumping over to Hawkins at the last moment and he beat Van Dort to doodle. Um, so there you go. Hmm. Bells, did you have something else to say about oh, that? No, I was just going to say it's cool to see lots of Māori coming through. Yep, it's been a Not an Auckland, shift but another place in that direction. And more women mayors is good. More ladies. Um, Good to have some lady mares. Rocking the mural chains. Kia ora. Sorry for this interruption. It's Alice Neville here. I am the food editor at The Spin-Off. And I just wanted to pop in and tell you about our food podcast, Dietary Requirements. Hosted by me, Simon Day, and Sophie Gilmore, it celebrates all there is to know about eating and drinking. There's cooking tips, there's special guests, there's what we've been eating and drinking lately, and we try not to chew into the microphone too much. So if you like food and drink, listen in. You won't regret it. It's, it's at thespinoff.co.nz and all your favourite podcast providers. Uh, we are speaking on Monday afternoon, uh, and I'm ahead of what's expected to be a one news poll mm. tonight, but there was a news hub last night mm. which uh, was given the shot of adrenaline with <laughs> the end of Jacinda Mania and uh, Mike Hosking this morning on the radio said that the rot has set in and that the ship is sinking and so on. How on the like ecstatic scale yes. how <laughs> ecstatic is the Hosk? The Hosk was pretty fucking happy. Like over the fucking moon or well, just like elated? I think there was quite a lot of drool. Like I think there was probably like a kind of 50-cent piece pool of drool on yeah. the desk. Um, you know, so not a kind of lake. Yeah. Just like a little... little just goblets. Like glo- a little, I think yeah. there's room for it to grow. I think the... the Tonight. We'll... Um, and the results were that... I mean, it was, it was, it was you know, plummeting, da da da, da but Labour did drop a lot since the last News Hub poll um, to 41.6 from 50-ish. Nets were up to 43.9. Blah, 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 blah. Still on those numbers, though, because New Zealand First didn't make it over the threshold of five, uh, the, a green, mm-hmm. a, a Labour-Green coalition would, would would be government, right? And maybe because of the space in between polls, the, uh, excuse me, the whole plummet talk is a little bit hyperbolic. Look, the new sub-poll was in line with every other poll that there has been since the budget. Um, including TV One's own polls, mm. TV One's polls. Um, that that uh, you know that News Hub poll was, I think, is accepted to be either a bit of an outlier or captured a moment in time when 
Mm. The Prime Minister was really cresting yeah. that, uh, you know, March, March, post March wave. Although the, the read, budget. the read pub, the read research polls for New South have been pretty good. They've been mm. seemed to they were closer around election time than Colmar's one. So, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Look, look. So either it was an outlier at the time, or it captured this moment in time when you know Ardern was really sort of sure, you know, at, at her peak. Um, most people, most poll ha- polls have you know Labour and National sort of within two points of each other either way. The Greens hanging around at five or six, and National, f- uh, sorry, New Zealand First falling below five. So there's no, no, nothing really chilling. I mean, the government will be very pleased with that. Um, that puts them. Do you think? Put, yeah, that 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 puts them ahead. <clears throat> I mean, look, where the danger is is that with New Zealand First on less than five. Uh, Winston Peters will be starting to get a bit worried about the next election. Mm. And we've already seen New Zealand First acting out a lot when they need media media attention. Um, And I think it will become increasingly difficult for the government to govern, you know, as a coalition uh, as they head towards the election. Mm. And we've seen a bit of that lately. I mean, New Zealand First, as sure as day follows night, as uh, the election grows Closer will start to uh, push the differentiation factors, and we've seen Shane Jones, very intelligent man, presumably quite deliberately, uh, go and speak at that forestry dinner and start, let's say, to put it charitably, blurring <laughs> the line between a senior party member and a cabinet minister. Um, they kind of they need to push that. That's part of that's part of the strategy, right? To push that line closer and closer and try and carve out a patch. Even who knows to get someone fired from cabinet or to end up. I mean, it's it's a tricky one. They need to do something because it's a party that almost on its bones is oppositional. Who well. New, who New Zealand first? Yeah, are. yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, they always do sort of bounce back around the election, don't they? But I feel like well, the difference no, they've, they've this time in, is... They've it, been in government twice before and both times they've come under 5% yeah. in the next election. So the, this idea that they sort mm. of the triennial bloom of Winston Peters yeah. has not applied yeah. um, when they've been in, uh, in government. The other thing which um, people should be keeping a very close eye on is the resignation of the party yeah. president. And he said that the reason was that he didn't feel comfortable signing off their annual returns and mm. said that he didn't have a, a sound enough knowledge of their donations. I was going to say, yeah, like now, um, th- that's the difference this time. Like, yeah, like they have crapped out before. Usually they do bounce back, but like you say, they're, they're, they're a fractured party this time around. Well, I, look, I, I don't think that the split between the membership and the party, you know, the parliamentary party is very important at all. Are you referring there to the leaks, the leaked documents? Yeah, leaked documents about membership stuff. Because I I don't, to be honest, I don't think that the party has any damaging information on Winston Peters. Because I think, as alluded to by the president, the party doesn't get to be included in anything that matters in the New Zealand First Party. It's all run from the top. But I think there's also some tensions around, you know, issues such as Shane Jones' behaviour and, um, you know, how the party list is formed and those sorts of things. So I think um, they're going to be struggling to keep inside their fuddy clean this time and the around fact, before they even get to the election. The what? very fact of those leaks, like they have to have come from someone who's 
reasonably yeah. senior, right? Like pretty senior. Admittedly, they don't come immediately up to the present day, so they may be yeah. someone who's for been been away for a while. But that sort of stuff, especially if it continues, there's been two sort of tranches of leaks. If there are more, those things do become incredibly destabilizing. We've seen it before, just mm. as a kind of chipping away, chipping away mm. at this kind of. And even if that's true, if you've got a, quite a kind of central command in the party, obviously Winston carries a huge amount of mutter and power in the party. Even then, that 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 chipping away can become quite damaging over mm. time. I think it's something of a red herring. Um, th- I think the most interesting thing that has come out is the president's disquiet mm. over donations uh, because, as we know, New Zealand First, you know, everyone sort of accepts that they have links with the fishing industry, with the racing industry that's accepted as an article of faith, but we never see large donations declared by New Zealand First. We never have in their entire history. And Winston Peters always said that's because we don't accept corporate donations, we don't accept big donations, we have cake stalls. Now, in 2008, it turned out that wasn't true and that there had been a $50,000 donation by Owen Glenn, the millionaire, and there had been a uh, no, maybe a $25,000 donation <coughs> from Bob Jones, the property developer. Um, and there was a lot of uh, kind of static and toing and froing and Winston Peters holding up a no sign saying that he had never received and the party had never received donations from those rich people. Um, and the, ultimately the Privileges Committee of Parliament found that Winston Peters had knowingly filed an incorrect return um, for his pecuniary interests register um, and that he was aware of those donations to cover his legal fees. Um so, you know, things that probably should have been declared and that the donors themselves believed were donations to the New Zealand First Party. Now, obviously, nothing like that has come up right now. Um, but there is, you know, there is, a, I think Daniel McLaughlin mentioned in his piece for the spin-off, there is this entity called the New Zealand First mm. Foundation yeah. that has loaned the New Zealand First Party $200,000 in the last couple of years. And nobody knows anything about what the New Zealand First Foundation is. So... I, I think that that question about donations, um, if there is anything more to come on that, is, is much, much more interesting than some disgruntled rank-and-file members who are mad that you know they went with Labour, not National. Mm. Just coming back to the poll, I, I wouldn't underestimate how concerned Labour would be with, um, with, with the results. I think that um, you know they've been through a really rough period at a time when they're supposed to be delivering on their key policy issues so I'm not I'm not surprised by the poll at all but I do think that it that it is cause for concern um, one of the things that I think is interesting about it is how um, ACT support has doubled and I thought gosh does that mean that this is a bit of an outlier poll that he can suddenly double. But then I realised, like, when you've got five supporters <laughs> and then you get five more, it kind of doubles. So I guess that's just to do with his um, um, end-of-life end of bill. I, I think it will pick up a little bit um, because uh, they're the only ones opposing... Mm. Well, they've been the most strident in opposing the um, the gun changes. Mm. Um, and it's really interesting. You know, guns aren't something that I think about at all because I think it's kind of psychotic to own something to kill people. Um, but, you know... That's say, do you have a knife, people, Ben? Do you, do you own knives, guns, Ben? Do, don't own them to <clears throat> kill people, to, so, be, to be fair. 
Well, and and this is what a surprising number of people have, have been telling me recently. Um, you know, and there's a lot of people who feel very strongly about this stuff and and feel like you know they've they've been sort of um, left high and dry um, politically, particularly by say New Zealand First. Yeah. So I I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that it could pick up one two percent on well, just mm, on. That. It's also mm, that kind yeah. of difficult position that they sometimes try and navigate between the kind of conservative versus the you know, uh, classical liberal economic position. Mm. You know, and some of the some of the rhetoric has always been mixed, especially going back to the Rodney Hyde and the John Banks days. But if they can sort of pull off a strategy whereby they can pick up a bit of the disaffected conservative vote, um, which even though he's not associated with the party every more every time Colin Craig rocks up in court, I'm sure does them even more damage. <laughs> um, the, the the sort of successor of the the new Conservative Party, but there is there is a chunk there. There is constituency mm. that is to the right of National, uh, and what quite to the right of National means it could mean one thing or another. But if ACT are in a position to scoop that up, then it's I think three or four is not not completely out of the question. No, I, I, I think that's right. A lot of it will depend on how national uh, play the election, depending on whether they go more and more oppositional, more conservative, um, or whether you know they go with a sort of safe pair of hands like Jacinda, but not a you know haven't failed on all my major policies kind of platform. Well, they've also got Christopher Luxton, Luxon, Luxton, 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 Luxton. I feel like he needs a T in there though. Luxton. Luxton. My phone and others, because I've seen on Twitter, always autocorrects to Luzon, and I don't even oh. know what that is. Luzon. Is that the L-O-U-Z-A-N? Maybe it's like some international brand. I have to say I agree with Jamie Lee Ross when he says that helicoptering in Luxon is something the National Party are doing to fix their Wellington leadership problem. I think that I think he's right there, but where I disagree with him is where he says... That that's an insult to the people of Botany, and that they won't like it. I think that people voters tend to like having MPs that have that are being spoken about in, ter- in yeah. leadership terms. Bit of stardust. They do. A bit of stardust, but also leverage. You know, people like to think that their that their MP is the leader. It means that that you yeah. know they've got He's more pull in Parliament, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that we'll make Botany's elect- voice heard in a way yeah, yeah. that isn't just a, a guttural yell on the desert road <laughs> during a midnight he, car drive. <laughs> he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be helicoptered in there anyway. He'd probably be on a seven three seven. It's probably got free flights. He could save the taxpayers some money. Mm. Um, no, well, I, I actually think it will cause problems um, with the national. You know. Luxon hasn't played this particularly well. Mm. Um, Can I say it feels like? Remember when 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 Ricky Martin came out, and we're all like, <laughs> oh, oh, wow, yeah, that's yeah. a bombshell and, and a game changer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I need to stand up for national, Ricky. L- Luxon, um, he has a slightly jarring way of talking. You know, one of this this kind of you know guy who's been in business for a long time, and. You know, approaches it in a real sort of you know CEO kind of way. You know, says uh, things. Uh, he had he had one quote when he announced his retirement from New Zealand. We said, you know, I'm not interested in ideology. You know, I'm, I'm not into politics. I mean, about I'm, I'm about you know just finding the answer to the question. You know, looking at a problem and finding the solution. It's like, well, politics isn't really like that. It's not an algorithm or an equation to solve. There's competing interests. There's competing visions of the good um, 
And that's quite a John Key-ish. He wouldn't necessarily put in the, the sort of managerial CEO no, no, style no, approach. No, no, incrementalism. no. Key, key, key was different. Key was mm. not a uh, key wasn't a process guy. He key, was a key was always Key was always talking about New Zealand <laughs> values. He was always talking about fairness. He was talking about the underclass. Key was a, Key had you know huge reservoirs of emotional intelligence, talking. which it, well, as, as a new candidate he was. I mean, and and the way that they came in, you know, it is actually instructive to compare the two. Yeah, you know, Luxon has is already been you know was is, is already said, well. I don't want to talk about whether I'd be a good future leader or not. I mean, whereas Key was so unassuming when he came in. I remember meeting Key when I was maybe twenty. 324 or something and he had this way of you know in his first term as an MP and everyone who met Key around that time always went away thinking that they were the first person to kind of spot potential in him right you know you'd go away going wow people should wise up to how good this guy is you know Mm. and then by the time everyone thought that suddenly it was just sort of fait accompli he'd be the next leader um and without drawing the ire of, you know, his colleagues who had been, you know, leafleting away and, um, you know, going to meetings for 10 years or whatever, being the Andy Fosters of their electorates, um, while, you know, Luxon's earning big bucks as the CEO and then, yeah, parachuting in from the uh, 727. So, so probably a bit of a poison chalice or something too. No, that's the wrong word. What do I mean? Um, but he's, a, he's a b- sort of being a bit overhyped is not necessarily helpful. It, it gives him a lot to live up to and that's mm. always going to be very hard in your first term. Mm. Um, and it's been quite good though for Simon Bridges that, the Luxon story, uh, his announcement that he will be standing for candidacy in botany didn't coincide with one of Bridges' bad moments. Like, <laughs> mm. it's been a pretty good few months for Simon Bridges, mm-hmm. you know? And and remember, in a recent poll, I mean, we'll see, the, I think it was the last Colm run for TVNZ, Luxon kind of surfaced. At, and you can imagine how humiliating it would 1% be. 1% the first bombshell. For, for someone who had just announced their candidacy mm. to... Come, you know, even even within within a couple of percent of Simon Bridges. So, I mean, Bridges is Bridges, even though he's still in single digits and preferred PM, he's having a relatively purple patch, though. This is certainly his best sustained period since he became the leader, um, and uh, you know, it coincides with. Sh- I mean, we're getting pretty late into the year of delivery now. Yeah. It's October. I feel like uh, <laughs> what's helped him in that regard is because Labour's fucked up so much lately. He kind of hasn't really had to do anything. He hasn't had to pull any rabbits out of the hat. All he's had to do is keep his shit together. Which it's a bit a, like Labour last year with that's him. That's true. There was that, that rather embarrassing policy about uh, uh, $3,000 fines for people school who leavers. left school yeah. and went yeah. education. But, but that's, that's not the first time National have rolled that policy out. I mean, you know, th- this is... I think pe- people, you know, start to sort of say, "Oh, national are getting really desperate." And say, "Well, national aren't desperate at all. They just they're just rolling out the same treadmill." You know, the the, the baggage carousels coming around and they're, <laughs> you know, picking up the same policy they had in like twenty thirteen or whatever. Um, Tell you who is desperate, Annabelle Lee. She's looking at her watch anxiously. Has to has to make a dash for it. Um, and and so do we all. Is that right, Annabelle? Do you have something else to, to I've share? I've just got to pick up my babies. Uh, Forty two minutes. Have we been blathering for that long? Yeah. Um, We've actually been blathering for longer, but all of the gold that we blathered about at the start, oh, Jose didn't Jose record. Wasn't recording you'll, you, you'll, None of it. you'll arrive, you'll arrive that like was the tea. You'll arrive like five minutes late outside the school, and Simon Bridges will be there and like send a five hundred dollar <laughs> ticket. Uh, thanks for bearing with us, especially my uh, hay fever face. Um, uh, 
if you want to support spin-off journalism, go and check out our members page. Thanks again to Flick Electric for making this possible. And if you think we're something less than terrible, give us five stars on whatever it is that you use the app for the podcast. Thanks. Just give us five stars anyway. Thanks, Jose. Thanks, listener. Kia ora e te iwi, te ai he butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.